0: American Broadcasting Company presents Quiet, Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet, Please, for today, is called Very Unimportant Person. The Hollow Men. Ever read it? A lot of people were very fond of quoting from it when T.S. Eliot got the Nobel Prize. Especially that part, this is how the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. Well, it wasn't so, Mr. Elliott, you were wrong. Me? How do I know? I was there. I don't know how it happened, maybe somebody dropped something, maybe one of our own people pushed the wrong button, maybe the thing got tired of being in one piece and just went off by itself. All I know is I was standing outside the operations office of Bowling that morning, and I heard a funny noise, and I looked up. I just happened to be looking north in the direction of Baltimore, and I knew what it was the minute I saw it. I was at Bikini, and I saw both Tess Abel and Test Baker. You couldn't fool me for a minute. So, there's an airplane standing there, and I saw Ruth alongside the doorway to the office. I grabbed her by the arm, and I boosted her into that airplane, and I took off. Because when you see that pink and cream-colored mushroom cloud, you don't wait. If you do, you might be part of the next one. So Ruth didn't put up much of an argument after I pointed at the thing. She couldn't argue. Her mouth was hanging open afoot. To me, I was too busy to talk for a couple of minutes. I got to 10,000 feet awful fast. We got ourselves a good 20 miles away from Washington. I was noticing that for a miracle, both fuel tanks were full, and Ruth just about jumped out of her safety belt. What, I said, what's the matter now? And as I said it, I felt the blast.
1: Washington! Washington! It isn't there anymore, Tom!
0: I see what you mean. Well, we asked for it. I'm
1: just looking at the captain.
0: What everybody's been waiting for, honey? Is it war? Well, if it was, it's all over now. I've be got to be dropped a couple of more of those bombs.
1: What are we going to do?
0: We're going to get out of here as fast as this airplane will take us. Hope we won't fly right into one of those things.
1: is terrible. Where can we go?
0: Give me the microphone, there
1: right
0: i I'm going to see who's still alive. Thanks. I don't know who to call. Hello, CQ. CQ, CQ, this is USAF plane 909344 calling CQ. CQ, CQ, if you hear me, anybody, give me a call. Speak up, somebody. Over.
1: Do you hear
0: anybody? Hello, CQ, CQ from USAF plane 909344. Do you hear me? Over. I don't expect... This is Army 909344. I hear you very well. Is everything all right there? I say again, is everything all right? Over. Hello, Philadelphia. This is USAF 909344. Hello, Philadelphia. Answer me. Over. Hello, Philadelphia. This is USAF 909344. Over. Philadelphia. Okay. At Philadelphia but, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, this is USAF 909344. I hear you very well. What is the situation there? I say again, what is the situation there over. Hello, Pittsburgh. Darling, nobody
1: answers oh, no, no It can't be
0: happened that just like the man said, honey There's no place to hide Wherever we turned, we saw the towering great clouds Starting out to blow away Getting ragged around the edges and Clearing enough so we could see the ground once in a while there be little towns, sure, but we couldn't tell what was going on down there, and I knew what might be happening. I didn't choose to land. Because the ragged edges of those clouds would be blowing across those little towns down there that hadn't been hammered into nothing yet. And the pretty little towns of the Elm Trees along the streets, the pleasant little towns sitting on the edges of the river, riverbanks. Nice little towns. They'd get very pretty quick. I didn't want to be there. I can just this airplane flying long enough. I guess I must have said it aloud because Ruth asked me. But where will we go? Well, I think if I can get through, maybe the woods up in Canada will be safe enough. I could find an airstrip somewhere, I hope. Step down there.
1: Tom, can we make it? Well,
0: we can try. that's all. This looks like a pretty good airplane. And we've got gas. Nobody's done these things on us. There's more than one country like this by now.
1: It's the end
0: of the world. Here, let me try that radio again. I tried the radio for an hour. I tried Pittsburgh again, Detroit, and Chicago. I didn't get any answer at all. I listened to my ears heard. The only single thing I heard was the leader of a jet fighter squadron somewhere over Lake Erie. His voice was so faint was talking to his pilots and he said, there isn't any field left to go back to. And then there was static, and he faded out. And we flew on heading north for the snows in the wilderness of Canada, whatever kind of sanctuary that might be. I often wondered what people would say to each other in the face of an awful catastrophe. when they pray, I wondered, try to reason their way out of disaster, what? I found out we didn't say anything, and there wasn't anything to say. It got dark, and all around us on the horizon, there was a the glow of fires, and the luminous clouds, the clouds that a few hours ago had been cities, great industries, and people. The fuel tank I was using ran dry, and I switched to a second one. We flew along at 20,000 feet. I could hardly see. I was tired and wrought up. I saw Ruth had just given up, she was lying back in the seat, not snoring, but making the kind of sound that a sick animal makes. When she sat up suddenly and opened her eyes. Okay.
1: I was dreaming.
0: You'd better go back to sleep.
2: I, I'm sure you're both very welcome who, who, who? I, I'm afraid I'm the very unimportant person
0: The only thing I remember about him is his eyes The light wasn't very good naturally And I had to twist my head over my right shoulder to see him at all standing between the cockpit seats behind us So far all I could see was his eyes I couldn't see them very well He didn't have any hat. He sounded so tired, I felt sorry for him. Sorrier than I felt for myself, for Ruth. I must have said something like that because he put his hand on my shoulder. Thanks, son. I am tired. It's been
2: a long drag. Yeah. This your airplane, sir? I was under the impression that it belonged to the Air Force. I have a
0: fair hunch there isn't any Air Force, sir. That's probably right.
1: Were you there
2: all the time, sir? Yes. It's pretty rugged. Yes, it is. It's very rugged. I heard you say you're going to try to set down somewhere in the Canadian woods. Yes, sir. I'm going to try. Don't try it. I haven't got much choice. Don't try it. Well, sir, if I run out of fuel... Just keep right on going. I said if
0: I run out of gas... The
2: point I was making is that there may not be any Canada by the time you run out of gas. Well, in that case... Sir? Yes?
1: Do you think this is the end of the world?
2: I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, no. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: You really think everybody is going to die?
2: Everybody does die, I guess. No kidding, you... Think this is the finish? Well, scientists have warned what would happen with the destructive power of these things. Is, well, look at your world. Oh, I see what you mean.
1: Oh, it can't be. It can't be. Do you think anybody will
2: survive? I think so, yes. Yeah. Oh, I
1: hope.
2: Oh. What do you face that answer? You're not a very observant pilot, young man. Well, oh, what do you mean? Well, if you look out your window, you, you'll see another airplane
0: flying right along with us, and I looked. Not half a mile away, a little behind us was a constellation with TWA markings on it. And I grabbed the microphone and yelled at him. Since this afternoon, I can't raise anybody. I thought everybody else was dead. Over. Okay.
1: What are you going
0: to do? Over. Fly till I run out of gas. You got passengers? Over. I'll out. You, over. A VIP, of my girlfriend, and me. Over. That's what he says. We're all V.U.P.'s, bud. Over. Yeah. I'll stick with you to my desk, Mr. Donald.
1: Incidentally, we better save our radio. We need
0: you. Over. You're right, kid. Over and out.
1: Tom, do you suppose there are other airplanes anywhere?
0: I don't know, honey. What do you think, sir? I think there are. Really? Yes. Well, if they can fly far enough.
1: How much gas have we got left?
0: uh, Can you read that gauge, sir?
2: Yes. Uh, It says a
0: little more than half full. I just wanted to be sure. That's what I read too.
1: How long is that good for, Tom?
0: That's good for about another three hours.
1: Three hours. And then what?
0: Well, the Lord will provide, baby. I hope.
2: You really think he will? Sir? I I said, do you believe that? Well, yes, sir. He always has up to now. He
1: provided fire and destruction
2: and the end of the world. Oh, the Lord didn't do that, child. That was the people of the earth thought that of. Yes, but everyone on earth isn't wicked. That's right. That's why some of them have got to escape. Yes, but how? Aren't you the one who said the Lord would provide? You just go ahead and fire your blades,
0: So I flew. Think- fluid and fluid and fluid. And the constellation flew right alongside us. he throttled back so he wouldn't outrun us. Every once in a while I'd flip the radio on and ask him how he was doing. He was doing all right, he said. Then it got light. We were pretty far north, I suppose, and it got light quicker, I thought. But it wasn't long until I discovered that the light wasn't from the sun. It was coming from the wrong direction, behind us. South. Passenger was asleep. At least he wasn't in the cockpit. But he came up and I swung our head around a little and looked back. He and I just looked out the window and we didn't say a word. What would you say to a whole rolling world full of fire, planes leaping a mile in the air, planes and smoke and destruction chasing you, consuming everything in their path? What would you say to the solid rock boiling like water in a kettle, the world vaporizing horribly behind you? coming on and on and on so that we flying at 200 miles an hour could see it overtaking us. What would you say? Ruth had fallen asleep again and she couldn't see it. But I saw it. The pilot of the other ship saw it. I heard his voice in my ears. I see it. Over. I'm squeezing out the bottom of the tank. Over. Oh, i sure I can give you some. Over. Thanks. It's over, all right, isn't it? back on course again. On a course that all of a sudden didn't mean anything anymore. And I woke up Ruth because I didn't want all this to end without saying goodbye to her. After all I've done Ruth all these years, it comes a time. And I glanced at our passenger, a very unimportant person. Just turns to looking back at the terrible sea of planes that colored us. He didn't look scared at all, he he was sad. And he was crying. I had uh, to strain my ears to hear him get sad. And it was such a beautiful world. And then the engine started to spit and I looked at the fuel gauge. It's
1: empty. Well,
0: so long, honey. Don't think it has to swell. My arms around her and I felt the plane slip out from under us as we lost flying speed and I thought, Well, this is it, now the fireworks. Ruth was squeezing me so hard. All of a sudden I said, Hey, what's this? Because the plane had her nose up again. We were flying along just as good as new. You know what? Our passenger, our VIP, our our V U P had hold of the wheel and he was pulling it back and we were climbing like mad. And I looked at the fuel gauge, it still said empty. I said, say, that There must be some kind of emergency tank. I don't know about it. We're good for another couple of hours. Well, thank God, I said. And then I looked out the window. And the propellers were standing still.
1: I haven't Over.
0: I don't know. I don't know. My fuel gauges show both tanks are empty, but I'm flying. Over. And that was when I looked at my altimeter. Or when Ruth poked me and pointed at it, and I bent over and looked at it. The needle had gone on around the dial, past the 30,000 feet at the end, and on around again. And it was starting the third revolution. That meant we must be at least 70,000 feet high. And nobody in all the world has ever been up that high. I looked out the window again. The flames were so far, so far below us, they extended back to the farthest horizon that any man has ever seen. A horizon that was a deaf and dark of a circle, the edge of a great sphere. As far as we could see below us, the world was in flames. And man, how close the stars were. And Ruth was pointing out the window again. I looked too. And above us to each side of us, airplanes. A hundred, a thousand, a long shining river of airplanes. And I could read the identification on the sides of some of them. G for Britain, NC for the United States. H for Switzerland, X for Mexico, Russian planes, Swedish and Austrian. Every nation in the world, at least one plane for each country. And my heart jumped because I knew that all the world wasn't coming to an end. And I looked back at our passenger. He was smiling as he looked back out the window. And I said, "Look, sir." I said, "Sir, I don't, I don't get this." Why?
2: It's very simple, son. Well, not to me, sir.
1: But who are those people? Those other airplanes? Where'd
2: they come from? Where are they going?
1: Isn't the world really destroyed?
2: I'm afraid it is, child. But where? It was a very wicked world, wasn't it? Well, I suppose something has to happen to the world every time it gets too wicked. Well, once upon a time, Adam and Eve sinned and they got punished. I suppose the reason the world wasn't destroyed then was... Well, they had their world taken away from them, didn't they?
1: That's right.
2: And then there was the time when they had the big flood because everybody was so wicked.
1: But Noah and his family escaped.
2: That's right. They're the only good people in the world. They escaped. But the world wasn't completely bad. Not now, I mean. They've set upon each other and they've murdered and burned and destroyed they have denied their creator they have been warned but sir this thing that has happened and destroyed the world they dug it out of the forbidden blackness to give them a more terrible weapon against their brothers they have plotted among themselves and forgotten charity and love and brotherhood isn't that sin enough isn't that wickedness enough to merit this punishment the
1: whole whole world. world
2: not all There are some. Few good people.
1: The ones in those airplanes aren't there?
2: That's true? That's right. Do you believe that? What I've told you? Yes. Why, of course, I believe. Don't you?
0: I I don't know.
1: I don't either. I think it's terrible. I think it's an awful punishment. You do? Yes, sir.
0: Do you? Well, in some ways it was a pretty good world I had lots of fun oh,
2: well, What What? about a brand new world? I don't get it oh, What if all these people, the, these good people, these saved ones Are going to a new world where, where they can start life all over again And find the real happiness that it was intended they should have The true goodness the, I, the, I don't know
0: I like the old one of course...
1: That's right, Tom. There isn't any way out.
0: I suppose. Well, whatever world we go to will be better than that one down there. Fire and destruction and ashes. Yes. But will it be better than the old world we had before this? It's up to you. And the others. Well... It's nice to believe that we're going to hit a better world. But... But what? Well, look at the flood. The world was destroyed then, and Noah and all the others that were saved rebuilt it. Yeah? Yeah, look at it. They did a fine job rebuilding it, didn't they? Three or four thousand years, it has to be destroyed all over again. But this will be a new world. I hope it'll be all right. Say, how... Well, I mean, this is all a very pretty theory, but... What if it doesn't work out that way? Oh, it'll work out that way. I'm confident of it. Just for fun. Give me the radio, Ruth. Hey. Okay. Hey there. Constellation. Over. Hey
1: there yourself. Over.
0: Listen. My very important, unimportant person says he thinks we're going to another world. A nice new one. How's that with you? Over. Over. Just asking. Over and out. Well, sir, see what I mean?
1: But we don't know what's going to happen to it, Tom.
0: Something pretty special, no doubt. You see what I mean, sir?
2: I, I wonder how many other people think that way.
0: Well, we could conduct a poll or something if we could pick up those planes with our radio. You want to try? Uh, but what good did it do? It's really, uh, what
2: do you call it, academic? A uh, bright new world, people by only the good in heart, the righteous, the, the ones up from the burning for the goodness of their souls. Doesn't it sound wonderful? world.
1: Well,
2: yeah. No wars, no unpleasantness, no
0: troubles. It sounds okay, too. Happiness? Well, I tell you, sir, it's too late to wish, but, well, God knows where we're going to land this time. <laughs> well, son...
2: To be perfectly honest with you... I'm... Really not so sure after all... Honestly, I'm not... What? You think if you could... Go back to the world as it was... Before I... uh, Let this all happen... You might help make something out of it... Honestly, now? Sir, I, I don't know... I need an awful lot of help... You sure would... Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a chance to make up your own minds. Well, that's fair enough. You and Ruth decide what you're going to do. Think it over. You can have your choice. We can all go on to the beautiful new world I've got all ready for you. Or if you want all that's happened to turn out to be a dream... You say so. Is it a deal? Sir, it's a it's deal. It's a deal. Okay, son. But you better get a lot of help while you're making that decision. You're going to be responsible for a lot of people, you know. And a lot of future. I know what your future will be if you take up my proposition. If you want it to be a dream, I can't promise. Okay? Okay, sir.
0: Okay. Well, Ruth? I know what I think. So do I. But what does everybody else think, huh? Here, Ruth, give me that microphone. Shall some of us take the nice, bright new world, or shall we try to fix this one up for all of us? What do you say? Will you tell me? Quick. Over. <laughs> the title of today's Quiet, Please story important person. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper. The man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And others heard in today's cast were Nancy Sheridan, James Monks, and Frank Thomas. As usual, Music for Quiet, Please, is played by Albert Berman. Now, for a word about next week, our writer-director, Willis Cooper. Thank you for listening to Quiet, Please. Next Sunday, you'll hear us a half hour later at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time instead of 5 o'clock. Will you remember, please? 5.30, a half hour later, and the story will be, read me this riddle. And so until next week at 5.30 Eastern Standard Time, I'm quietly yours, Ernest Chapel. Monday, as you have heard, Quiet, Please will be broadcast one half hour later in all time zones. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.